What's your podcast about, man? I don't even know how to answer that question. It's, it's, it's about conversations. It's about speaking with people and having dialogue about, you know, things that are going on around us, things that we see in society and just having our opinion on those things and meeting different people in order and speaking with them, getting to know them, getting to see how different individuals think, how different individuals see life, you know. That's what the podcast is really about and that's what you tuned in, hosted by the one and only Uncle Kevin. Hey guys, how you doing? Welcome back to the channel. Welcome back to the podcast, man. It's been a minute. Okay, it's been a week, um, but this week we'll be continuing with what we were speaking about last week, which is the recession that is coming, or should we say since now we're in the second quarter of the year has arrived. Um, if you've been reading the news lately, you probably know that the economy has not been performing well. It's, been, it's not been tanking, but it's just that it's, it's, we're now in the economic cycle where things just go down. So the first thing that we're going to do is last week we defined what a recession was. If you did not catch that episode, I'll just uh, recap on what a recession is. A recession is officially judged as two consecutive quarters of negative economic growth during this period, which can last anywhere from months to even years. Unemployment tends to rise quickly and retail sales fall sharply. Recessions are a natural part of how an economy works as it expands and contracts. So do not be shocked when you're reading the news or watching CNBC or wherever you get your news and they're speaking about recessions and think that it's something that's terrifying that's never happened before, like a pandemic. You know, uh, recessions happen all the time. They're part of the economical cycle and they're expected. Um, usually what happens is when economies are booming, there's a lot of money that's printed. Everybody is happy. But what comes with this happiness is that inflation eventually catches up. And when infl- inflation catches up, the government starts to tighten its monetary policy by taking out money from the economy through various ways, such as hiking interest rates. This then results in less money being in the economy. Less money in the economy means people can no longer afford the things that they used to afford. And then that also means um, we start to scale back. less profits, there's this, there's this, which ultimately affects everybody. And we results in a, in a recession, which results in, in inflation coming down, once inflation comes down, the government will start again to change its monetary po- policy, loosening it up, allowing for more money to come in, and then we get into recovery. So, um, for recap from last week as well, I just thought we would retouch on things that you can do to keep yourself recession-proof. So, so here's some of the things um, you can do to protect your finances ahead of a recession. Number one, the main thing is you have to avoid having credit card debt. Such debts will be more expensive in a recession when budgets are tight. This is mainly because in recessions, there's less money to spend and than you have, right? So having credit card debt will become a cost that you do not want to have. The next thing is you, if you have a mortgage that you can pay off, this is the time to pay off as you may find it difficult to make your payments if your income decreases. So if you're currently paying $2,000 and you are earning a lot of money and then your business starts to tighten up, especially for entrepreneurs who do not have a consistent income, um, you may want to pay off your mortgage. You may not want to hold on to a lot of debt. It's time to build your savings in order to have an emergency fund to provide cover of periods of income disruption. For example, if your business that you work for shuts down and you do not have money 
Um, those are the times where you have to start digging into your savings. Otherwise, you may find yourself getting homeless. The next thing is, at this time, it's time to stay confident and let your and not let your emotions get the best of you when it comes to investment. So what tends to happen is, during recessions, you'll find that people will start losing, um, what do you mean, like stocks will start losing value because people are selling. And this is the time where it's very easy to panic sell, you know. So when you start to panic sell because you're like, I don't want to lose money, you are losing money. When it comes to stocks, when it comes to investments, you only lose money when you make the sell. So it's either you realize a gain or you realize a loss. And realizing a gain or loss is only done the time that you sell your stock. So if you bought a stock at $2 and it drops its value to a dollar and then you sell it at a dollar, you've lost a dollar. However, if you wait, even if it's three years and you sell it at $3 and you gain $2. So in recessions, what tends to happen is people start to panic sell. You know, you don't want to ride a dead horse, but then you also want to time everything. So be very careful in this in this period of time. So these are the sort of defensive strategies that we'd use in preparation of a recession. However, we also have to be offensive. So it's not always all doom and gloom. Because there is opportunities in downturns as well. Here are some of the offensive strategies that we can think of. Build your cash flow. So in a recession, there is less money. So cash is king. The number one thing that you want to have is cash. So you want to have um, cash generating assets. You want to think about getting employed, get, having high, highly payable skills that are required in recessions, having businesses that do this. You want to monetize your skills and time to build up your free cash flow. So you want to make sure you get paid for each and every skill that you have, skills that you've learned in the past few months that we we could have had used, you know. In this period of time, also, you want to use cash to buy cash-generating assets. So if you do have cash, this is the time to buy cash-generating assets such as real estate because people will still need homes and people will constantly be paying rent. In this period of time, a lot of people will not be able to afford buying houses, but they'll be able to afford um you know, renting. So this is the time period you, you should be able to do this. The other thing that you want to think about in this period of time is empires are built during market downturn. So it's in this period of time where assets will be cheap, um, businesses, starting businesses will be cheap if you have the capital. So this is the time period to, to think a lot. Our next article that we are going to touch on today is an article that it's on RBC, which states that Proof point, Canada's economy is headed for a recession. Inflation, labor shortages, and rising interest rates will drag on Canadian growth, pushing the economy into a more moderate contraction in 2023. The jobless rate will rise next year, but to less severe levels than in previous downturns. Through, though higher rates will restrict growth, they are necessary to tame inflation and cool an overheating economy. Household spending that accelerated our pandemic lockdowns will slow as higher prices, interest rates, and unemployment hit households. The bottom line is this recession will be moderate and short-lived by historical standards and can be reversed once inflation settles enough for central banks to lower rates. So in essence, what they're just saying is, um, yeah, we were due a recession, but it's not going to be as catastrophic as 2008 because, one, people have learned, you know, uh, we've learned from those periods, so it's allowed us to prepare for the time that's about to come. However, the, the challenges that we're going to have is it will affect someone. <laughs> someone if you're losing your job, just because it's, it's you know, um, at a macro level, it's, it's less impactful than what happened in 2008, 
doesn't mean at a micro level it doesn't destroy you, especially if you lose your job and you still have bills to take care of, families to take care of, things you need to do, you know. So this period of time, it's really time to start focusing and getting to work, you know. In Canada, economic pressures are closing in. When you're at the top of the hill, the only way to go is down. Canada's economic growth is fired on all cylinders following pandemic shutdowns, but a historic labor squeeze, soaring food and energy prices, and rising interest rates are now closing in. Those pressures will likely push the economy into a moderate recession in 2023. Canadians continue to fuel recovery in travel and hospitality sectors, and higher global commodity prices have boosted the mining sector. But businesses are struggling to find the workers they need to expand production. There were nearly 70% more job openings in June than before the pandemic, and those hunting for staff were forced to compete for almost 9% fewer unemployed workers. Meantime, soaring prices are cutting into Canadians' purchasing power at the pump and grocery store. So yeah, if you've been in Canada, so you find that central banks are now hiking interest rates to combat inflation. So when the w- what's happening is we are... In order to fight inflation, they're essentially using a double-edged sword. So it's a sword that cuts both ways. One, it cuts inflation, but it cuts your pockets as well. Um, the recession won't be as severe as prior downturns. Both in Canada and abroad, central banks are aggressively hiking interest rates to slow down household demand and fight inflation. In Canada, much of the price pressure is coming from beyond our borders. As energy and agricultural prices surge on supply chain snows, stemming partly from the Ukraine war. Strong domestic demand for housing and services has intensified these pressures and the labor crunch is driving wages higher. The Canadian unemployment rate is now almost full percentage point below RBC's assumption of its longer-run neutral level. As the economic contraction plays out next year, the rate will likely rise another 1.5 percentage point to 6.6%. These job losses will come at the time when Canadians are already grappling with higher prices and debt servicing costs. Factors that have hit lower-income households the hardest. Still, by historical standards, we expect the slowdown to be modest. Indeed, the 6.6% unemployment rate would still be more than 2 percentage points below the 8.7 peak of 08-09 recession. I mean, you know, for me, the one thing that I always struggled with when it comes to economics and finances, everything is in percentages, but the thing is, these are real people, <laughs> you know. So if you're comparing to, say, unemployment rate, uh, in 2019, 2020 was at 7% compared to right now where it's gone down to 1.5% of the economy and it's expected to rise to 6.6% in 2023. So it means that at this very moment, 1% of everybody in Canada is, is unemployed. So if we have a population of, say, 15 million, that's 1% of 15 million. That's like, um, I don't know what, 1,500 or is it 150,000 people unemployed. And then this number is going to increase in 2023, and 2023 is only six months away. So people who lose their jobs, especially with the debt ratio in, in this country, it's going to be sad what's going to happen in the coming months. Um, high rates are key to reigning in inflation expectations. Though higher, though higher rates would technically push Canada toward a contraction, the Bank of Canada now has little choice but to act. Inflation has been too strong for too long and it's starting to creep onto long-run businesses and consumer expectations. High inflation expectations can become self-fulfilling, making businesses more likely to pass on cost increases and consumers more willing to pay for them and demand higher wages, a scenario in which Canadians believe inflation will run past the bank's target range of 1% to 3% could append almost three decades of exceptionally effective inflation targeting policy 
It could also require much larger and more damaging interest rate hikes to re-anchor prices. So yeah, this this is quite interesting what has to happen because with inflation, if you don't curb it, it's it doesn't end because what happens is businesses will start charging their customers higher prices in order to cut costs, in order to match their costs. And then the same customers are the employees who demand higher wages from their employers in order to be able to afford living in the country. And then in order to do this, their employers have to increase the cost in order to increase their revenue, in order to be able to pay off. And then it's like we keep going and the, the Bank of Canada, the central bank, has to do something. You know, um, higher five-year inflation expectations draw off the U.S. Fed's decision to hike rates by 75 basis points in June with the Bank of Canada confronting a similar increase hike at least as large as likely in Canada on July 13, the neither bank has done. The U.S. Fed and the BOC are expected to lift rates to 3.5% and 3.25% respectively by the end of 2022. That's high enough to significantly restrict growth, particularly in Canada, where household debt is very high. And this is a challenge that we have, you know. When you think of the amount of credit cards that you have, I have, and how much on that we owe, it, it it's it's challenging if then your income is impacted because now you have to decide paying off your credit card debt or buying food or paying rent. And these are challenges that some people are starting to face as we speak. And it's only going to get worse with the coming years. And do not take this. I know Dave Ramsey was like, oh, people are creating economic porn on the internet and trying to scare people. But the truth is, it's with economics, with numbers, numbers do not lie. So these things have happened before they continue to happen and they're easy to predict just by looking at the numbers. Um, the other challenge that you find is there's a slowing growth abroad, which will spill over into Canada because of things like the war or issues that have happened in countries like Sri Lanka or the high debt that developing countries have. All this with the way that our economies are intertwined is going to affect everybody. Um, even without rate hikes, labor shortages in Canada and abroad are preventing expansion. The U.S. economy contracted in Q1 and Though we are tracking a small increase in Q2, it wouldn't take a major focus miss to have a second quarter of negative growth. We expect the U.S. unemployment rate to rise to 4% by year's end and climb to almost 5% in 2023. Meantime, emerging markets will struggle with higher food and energy prices, elevated borrowing costs, and a strong U.S. dollar. And pandemic disruptions continue to curb growth. Continue to curb growth in China. These slowdowns in external demand will drag on Canadian growth. Um, and then the boom in household spending will flag later this year. Canadian households have soaked away over $300 billion in savings. They've soaked away over $300 billion in savings since the end of 2019. That's boosting spending and adding more inflation pressure. But the lion's share of savings remain with high-income households, leaving their lower-income groups more vulnerable to rising rates and prices. Housing markets have softened dramatically, with prices swinging from record highs over the winter to declines in the spring. We expect house prices to fall 10%. In the year ahead, subtracting over $800 billion from household net worth. That would only partially retrace the $2.4 trillion surge in real estate equity since 2019. Still, it will leave Canadians feeling less wealthy, prompting them to spend less in the housing market and elsewhere. Yeah, man. Like, it's it, it's crazy how um the Canadian economy has been booming. You know, the cost of housing here is ridiculous. Like in Vancouver, for a decent house, you're looking like at a million or two million. <laughs> so all this is going to, to slow down and, and for it to have even been booming at that high of a cost it just goes to show you how 
the economy has been growing and how the recession was due. Um, Race hikes will reverse, but not until inflation cools. Global inflation pressures may soon peak. Shipping costs have declined and exceptionally strong demand for goods, which has sparked supply chain challenges and high input costs is moderating as consumers in Canada and abroad shift spending to services that weren't available during pandemic lockdowns. Much of the surge in wheat prices follows Russia invasion of Ukraine is reversed. Prices are still rising too fast and inflation will slow sustainably until demand falls. But once that happens, central banks will ease interest rates again. Meantime, a slowdown both in Canada and abroad will help temper inflation as 6.6 unemployment rate in Canada next year wouldn't be far above long-run full employment levels. We don't think it will take long to unwind that weakness in 2024 and beyond. You know, the, the sad part is, man, we just left the pandemic. We just got out of COVID-19. I know it's still a thing, but the, the economic impacts of COVID, we, we just left. And as we are living, we are now moving into um into this recession. So it's going to be interesting how people navigate 2023 as we enter 2024. And I think for the U.S. and Canada, with the World Cup coming in 2026, the, it's going to be interesting how to see how soccer impacts an economy because at that time period, governments will have to start spending money on hosting the, the World Cup and stuff like that, which will increase money being pumped into the economy because that's what World Cups do. They bring investments and, and stuff like that. So it'll be interesting to see what happens in the next four or five years, you know, because right now I don't think anyone can really predict economies, but we can just follow the numbers and see what they mean and try to break down what they mean. So another article that we have um, is Canada home sales dropped 22% from last year as rates rise. The Canadian housing market continued to cool in May amid rising interest rates with the average home price slipping to $711,000. So my challenge with average is you find average, we, we're simply taking throughout the country. So that is from British Columbia all the way down to Saskatchewan and all that stuff. So if you're looking at home prices slipping, if we're saying that um, home sales drop of 22%, this means we don't really have buyers. You're also looking at the housing Prices going down, so this is, is is a challenge of a lot of things. Um, that's a dick. So let's just read this. The Canadian house market continued to cool in May amid rising interest rates, with the average home price slipping to seven hundred eleven thousand. That's a decline of nearly eleven percent from March, when the Bank of Canada first started to increase its benchmark interest rate to combat soaring inflation. However, May prices are still up three point four percent from the same time last year. That's a um. That's a decline 11% from March when the Bank of Canada first started its increase in benchmark issue to combat soaring inflation. However, May prices are still up 3.4% from the same time last year. So this is mainly, if you look at the cost of getting a mortgage, is higher. So a lot of things, are, a lot of prices are now super expensive to deal with. So people are not buying houses. And it'll be interesting to see how this impacts the Canadian economy because um, real estate is a big thing in this economy. All right, and another story from the news. Shopify's stock fell 14% on Tuesday after the company announced it would be laying off 10% of its stuff, a move that comes as, as it grapples with the slowdown in e-commerce growth. Chief Executive Officer Toby Luke said in a memo sent to employees on Tuesday that the company had expanded rapidly in the wake of COVID-19's pandemic, 
e-commerce boom, betting that the share of online purchases in retail space would permanently jump ahead of five to 10 years. The layoffs will impact approximately 1,000 workers across a range of roles, including recruiting, support sales. Luke says the company will also be eliminating over specialized in duplicate roles and roles that were convenient to have but too far removed from building products. So this is, a, this is a interesting. So one of the reasons why we are reading this article is to show how the pandemic affected a lot of businesses because what happened in the pandemic was people had money. People were not traveling. People were not doing stuff. Well, people were purchasing stuff, you know, um, purchasing power was high. So people were shopping online. Companies like Shopify grew because a lot of small businesses were started. However, as the economy started open, a lot of services became redundant. And because of inflation, recession, and everything, people's purchasing power has gone down. So where you used to spend money on little plants, little products that were, were products that are not a necessity, they're stopping to be a necessity, which will result in a lot of side hustles shutting down, side businesses shutting down. And that's ultimately affecting the revenue created by business like Shopify. And now as we see them starting to shed off employees, that's the fear that we have because these employees need that income to survive. So you're essentially taking away their income. And it's like, what 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 are we doing, man? What are we doing? For real, for real. Um, and then we spoke about the Bank of Canada Last week, uh, when I say they increased the interest rates by a percent. So I thought in, for our final topic, we'd discuss what the Bank of Canada is and what the Bank of Canada does. So the Bank of Canada is the central bank in Canada. They are basically responsible for monetary policy. They basically print money. They run how... Uh, they're essentially responsible for running banks in the country. So... The main role of the central bank, known as the Bank of Canada, is to promote the economic and financial welfare of Canada. One of the bank's responsibility is to use monetary policy to keep inflation low and stable, helping to manage the growth of the economy. The central bank sets the target for the overnight rate, the rate that Canada's big banks charge each other for one-day loans. That rate trickles down to you, the consumer, and is reflected in the rates that your bank charges you on your debts or pays you on your savings. So what does, as we spoke about last week, what does a rate hike mean for you? If you have any of the following types of debt, higher interest rates means you'll be paying more to service your debt. It may also take longer for you to pay off your loans. If you have a variable rate mortgage, your rate will increase immediately. But depending on the terms of your mortgage, you either have larger monthly payments or to keep the payment the same, your mortgage will have to be outstanding for longer. So... If you have a variable, this is so one of the benefits of having a variable um, mortgage is as these interest rates play around, you are able to shift. So it's in your benefit when the interest rate goes down, you go back and renegotiate, and then because it's variable, your interest rate will go down. However, when it goes up, it also means the banks get to benefit. So that's the risk that you'll be playing. So in this case, you don't want to really be on having a variable mortgage because at this point in time, your rate's going up. You want to have a fixed rate. But the challenge with a fixed rate is also that, you know, you never know where the interest rate will go. So, yeah. Um, the other thing is lines of credit. This includes home equity lines of credit. Most lines of credit charge interest in a rate base, at a rate based on the lender's prime rate. 
other consumer loans like student loans or car loans, if you have a variable rate loan with fixed payments, high interest rates mean that less of your monthly payment will go towards principal repayment and you'll be in debt for longer. Most credit card interest rate is fixed and already very high, generally around 20% and doesn't tend to rise in response to a rate hike by the central bank. Yeah, because a lot of times the, the rates that are charged on credit cards are unrealistic. You know, it's not exp- like if you were to make an investment for you to think that you make 20% back, 20 to 25% back, that's a miracle. So as interest rates go high, it's very rare for them to reach whereby they can touch to say, oh, yeah, so now we're going to start charging 30%. That would just be ridiculous. What can you do? All other things being equal, higher debt service payments mean you have less money for the rest of your budget. So what can you do? The things that you can do is, A, review and update your budget to reflect the new reality of a high loan payment. So if you your costs have gone high, you have to, you cannot keep doing the same thing that you're doing. You have to adjust. <laughs> your lifestyle needs to adjust. You need to stop spending where it's not necessary. The, the, the unfortunate thing that comes to my mind is it's time to stop Netflix. <laughs> you know, If you've set up automatic transfer to savings, try not to reduce them. However, yeah, try not to reduce them, but be true to yourself. Can you still afford to save at that amount that you are saving at? Or do you need to pay off some of that debt? Instead, try to find other areas where you can cut back or eliminate spending, focusing on the nice-to-haves such as eating out, entertainment, or even expensive kids' activities, this is the time to stop ballet. Man, it's sad because what you have to stop keeps somebody employed, which, yeah. Look for ways to save money on the must-haves, like groceries or utilities. Try not to use your credit cards to make ends meet. This will just add to the problem. Yeah, you know how it is where you're like, hey, I'll just use my credit card for this in order to do this. This is not the time. This is the time to save. Consider generating extra income with a side hustle. You know, um, try to do things like rideshare apps, Uber. This is the time to be looking into doing things like DoorDash, your your Uber Eats and stuff like that, just to create extra $100 a day. You know, it goes a long way. Um, consider, gener- uh, finally, if you have a variable rate mortgage, think there could be more rate hikes to come. Consider locking into a fixed rate mortgage. Interest rates were so low for so long that Canadians became complacent about the amount of debt they've taken. But rising rates are a wake-up call to start chipping away at your outstanding debt. Then you can begin to make higher interest rates work for you as a saver. So yeah, this period of time, man, we we live in, in quite an interesting time period. Uh, it's interesting because we've been on a trajectory since 2008 of just going up and just enjoying and enjoying the benefits. A lot of smart educated decisions were made which helped the economy progress. However, the economy operates in cycles and no matter how how much you prolong the recession from occurring, it will occur and the time has come. So on this podcast, I mainly speak to people who I feel like will be heavily affected by the recession. A lot of people in high-earning jobs, high-earning incomes at the top will probably not be affected by by the recession that's about to come because, you know, A, you can afford, you already make a living wage, you already are making, listen, if you make around $100,000 a month, it's not really going to impact you if bread goes from a dollar to $2. But if you earn $16.80 an hour, that will impact you and you will see that if you've been shopping, if, 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 here's how you know 
who who should be worried about a recession it's somebody who knows that the price of groceries has increased if you know that and you know by the number you should be worried of the times that are coming but worry alone will not do anything watching podcasts like this will help you find ways of thinking about how to deal with these recessions that are coming in and keep reading the papers keep the, the the main thing is you just need cash and not debt as as it comes because what what's going to happen in the coming months it's more about just survival rather than trying to do anything it's just about surviving and keeping afloat and keeping your head high because ultimately the economy will go back to what it, it was doing it's it's not going to be a long time it might just last for the first 6 months of 2023 and and after that inflation drops down and money will start to be printed again the world cup is coming that allows more government spending so that means there will be money in the economy so there will be opportunities so it's not doom and gloom but it's more of like hey do your research be aware look out for what happened let me know in the comment section what other topics would you like me to talk about um we'll continue touching on on recessions and stuff like that but next week i feel like we'll start touching on to different topics such as taxes um we'll start touching into things like that because they are also important and how we can benefit from the recession <laughs> you know it's not all doom and gloom life is good you know with that say thank you guys for the support thank you for watching or listening to the podcast let me know in the comment section what you thought let me know in the comment section which other topics you like me to touch on i am your internet uncle saying goodbye have a good day